Welcome to the Risk and Repeat podcast, episode number 181. I'm Rob Wright, Security News Director at Tech Target, and I am here with security news writer Alex Kalafi. Alex, welcome. Hey, Rob. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. Alex, we, we actually have some we have some some positive developments to discuss uh, over the last few weeks, few months, I guess, more accurately, because now we're into November. We're recording this on November 16th, Tuesday. Yeah. Some respite, uh, yeah. is, uh, as we can call it. Yeah, some 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 good news. And um, the good news comes in the form of uh, law enforcement efforts specifically targeted at, uh, at ransomware, ransomware mm-hmm. operations, ransomware actors, affiliates, operators. Uh, there's been some other law enforcement action around other uh, cyber attacks, cyber ask, uh, actors, whether it's uh, nation state actors and... Um, but I, the thing that's been top of mind for most people, I think, has been ransomware. Like, what are we doing about ransomware? It's been a big topic of conversation this year. The government, uh, the U.S. government, as well as other governments, other friendly governments, seemingly have drawn a line in the sand and taken aggressive action against uh, these ransomware operations, uh, the big ones in particular. And um, it seems like those efforts have yielded some wins some produce some wins like like legitimate uh good news uh i guess we could start with the uh, most recent one which was the uh doj uh announced that they had seized 6.1 million uh in i i guess illicit proceeds i don't think they called it specifically ransom payments but illicit proceeds from uh the revil ransomware operation and that they had uh, charged uh, two individuals from the Revol operation, uh, and one of whom they were awaiting uh, extradition from Poland for on uh, hacking and money laundering charges. So that was that was pretty good news. Um, it was 22-year-old Yaroslav Basinski, and that's pretty the, uh, that's pretty close. Yeah. yeah I, I've been practicing, you know, my pronunciation uh, a lot uh, uh, lately to try to get these these names right. <laughs> in, in this new ransomware era of ours, you gotta yeah. you gotta really uh, touch up your pronunciation. Right, exactly. Uh, and then the other gentleman who I believe was indicted but is still at large is 28 year old Russian national Yevgeny Polyanin, um, also indicted on hacking and mon- money laundering charges. Um, related to uh to revil and uh the doj put out a big announcement about how you know it had had, uh, indicted these two individuals and one of them was in custody and they were connected to the the kaseya attack they really played up the kaseya uh uh, angle in this um and and yeah this was this was huge news i mean maybe the bigger news was the the fact that they were able to retrieve to to get into accounts holding about 6.1 million worth of cryptocurrency um that is tremendous news for i, I guess if especially if you're a victim of a ransomware attack and you've made a payment however big or small um uh knowing that you, you could possibly get that money back that happened recently with the colonial pipeline attack uh colonial pipeline had reported the uh, attack to the FBI and and uh, uh, they the the feds were able to retrieve I think it was around four million of the uh, of the 
of the ransom payment. I uh, so I I think there's an interesting question there because yes. obviously we're never going to know where the 6.1 million exactly came from mm-hmm. or whether folks will get it back or who the victims or potential victims I guess this is all technically alleged at this stage etc cetera, etc cetera. but uh colonial got their 4 million whatever back um I think in part one because they got it back but two that it was so public yes so this, we don't know how many victims are in the 6.1 million. We don't know. I mean, Revil does like to target big enterprises, but yep. we have no idea what the scale of, of companies are. Yep. And because they're private, um, are, are the victims, like, could the victims get the money back? Like, is this actually a thing that regularly happens in non-colonial pipeline cases? So we discussed this a little offline. I, I had heard now and then sort of speculation from folks that are, you know, that, that are in the infosec space that are, you know, either independent researchers or threat analysts uh, that work for uh, vendors or, or tech companies, you know, loose speculation that they think that, you know, every now and then, a, you know, a, a, a seizure takes place or the, uh, you know, the victim of a, a specific attack was able to get, you know, to re- retrieve some cryptocurrency from a, from a wallet that was maybe insecure, uh, unsecure, or, or maybe uh, had been moved through an exchange platform or whatever, but there was never any sort of like definitive evidence that that had happened. I guess until mm-hmm. Colonial. Um, so I I don't know how they would handle something like. I mean that you're talking about hundreds, you know, uh, of, of victims here. And I, I don't know how any of them could lay claim to a specific portion of that amount of money that was, was seized. So I guess they would have to do some type of forensic analysis, you know, with like a chain analysis or some other sort of cryptocurrency analysis firm mm-hmm. to go in there and to track like the, the payments, if it's Bitcoin, I don't know how you would do it if it was Monero or something else, but um. Yeah, that's it. It seems like it could be a messy situation if they if they moved it through a mixer or some other type of platform where they they just sort of disguised it and you couldn't really trace it back to an individual organization that made a payment. That's that's a great point. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it's still good news. Well, allegedly good news. Yeah, but uh, it, it's it is one of those things where you just we don't exactly have. We don't have a lot of visibility and to many of the parties involved in this sure. story. Like Revil has been like first they're up, then they're gone, then they're uh up again, then they're down again, then they're then someone's getting arrested and then they kind of exist. And um th- what what do you think the scope of Revil is at this moment? I, I don't know. That's a great question. So, you know, one of the big sort of uh question marks around all of this law enforcement action is whether or not it's having a real effect. And if you just keep arresting affiliates, you know, sort of the, the contract for hire um, hackers that work with these ransomware as a service operations, if you just keep arresting those guys, it doesn't really have much of an effect, uh, if any effect. Um, in this case, yeah, I believe both um, Pollyann and, and um, Basinski were were sort of 
uh, I guess, portrayed as masterminds of, of the mm. Reval operation or, or, or specific attacks like the Kaseya attack. Um, so I guess they would be sort of considered operators. Um, and the Reval site, it looks like it had, you know, had gone down and then come back up and then activity sort of since this announcement for Reval has been sporadic. It seems to have decreased, although that's very hard to tell and very hard to, to sort of accurately measure because it's based a lot on, you know, organizations putting up public samples of attacks to places like Virus Total and Hatching Triage and other places like that. So I I don't know. That's it's I I think that it's probably had an impact, but it's too soon to tell what size that impact might be. Um, right. Uh, it, that remains to be seen. But obviously, this wasn't the only law enforcement action that we've seen recently. There was another announcement uh, just before the DOJ announcement uh, on Revil. Uh, Alex, you wrote about this, the the Europol announcement. Um, yeah. This was pretty big news, uh, although it was a little confusing at times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, I think that's the... Covering any of these ransomware busts is super confusing, just as we were talking about with it with Revil, right? Yep. But I, to me, the most interesting thing about this one, so... Europol targeted uh, 12 suspects in a ransomware bust, um, but we don't know exactly who the suspects are yep. or whether they've been arrested, um, which makes the story interesting, but also a, a big old question mark. Right. Um, that was... Uh, I wrote this a couple weeks ago. <laughs> it's all blending together. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, um, and th they arrested 12 people uh, allegedly involved in attacks that affected 1800 victims in 71 different countries. Um, Locker Gaga uh, was involved with this. Oh, and Mega Cortex and Dharma as three of the named ransomware variants, though there are others. The attack they called out yep. was the 2019 Norse Kydro yep. ransomware attack. Yes, that was a bad one. Yeah, so no one uh, from Europol would tell us if these people were arrested. I reached out to more local authorities, but they didn't have anything to say yeah, they, either. They were supposed mm -hmm. to have been arrested or, or, I guess, raided in Ukraine. Uh, yeah if if the memory serves so yeah and uh yeah yeah we'll we'll circle back to that <laughs> right the i so the interesting thing overall for me is that europol is at a really busy ransomware year yeah. not just europol i i think i think interpol may be um just as important here it's just the press releases have come from europol right. Uh, but Europol's done like three or four or five, I think, big press releases like this this year. Yep. Um, specifically about ransomware busts. So it, it seems like they've been busy. Yeah, and and I think in this one in particular, it's I, you know, twelve people, regardless of whether they're just affiliates or operators, um, 
you know, one of the things that they they said in the in the Europol press release was, you know, authorities from a bunch of different countries, France, uh, Germany, Ukraine, obviously the UK, Switzerland, US, Norway, um, were involved in this, and uh, you know, it was a collaborative effort, and um, you know, they they took these these actions. I think it was toward the end of October in Ukraine and Switzerland, and they seized a bunch of, again, you know, we, a reoccurring theme we've seized, we've seen in, um, in some of these announcements was they, they made these arrests in Ukraine or, um, you know, some other country, they seized a bunch of U.S. currency, luxury vehicles, a number of electronic devices being scanned for, you know, evidence and probably decryptors as well. Um, uh, so it, it's, you know, it's a, it's a positive development. And I think if you're Ukraine, like, I mean, Ukraine, again, they, uh, another sort of reoccurring motif from these announcements, they put out a bunch of like photos and they showed a video of like the raid. It's like watching like, Ukraine that was pretty ver- cool. <laughs> it's like watching the Ukraine version of cops or something. Just straight up on YouTube too. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, look at us. Um, I think if you're Ukraine, there's probably a very specific reason you're doing that is because uh, your country, uh, look, um, I'm not saying they're sanctioning any of these actions. Uh, certainly wouldn't say that. Um, but the, the fact remains that a lot of Eastern Euro- European countries, uh, Ukraine uh, included, there's a lot of threat activity coming from um, that area. And a lot of individuals specifically from Ukraine have been implicated in these, like these ransomware attacks and these, uh, these um, cybercrime campaigns. And um, it seems like they're trying to... Uh, you know, publicly show that they're doing something about it and good for them. I mean, you know, uh, I hope they have more arrests and get more of these uh, uh, individuals. Um, but uh, yeah, it's like and, you said, it's very cloudy on like who who these people were and what this is going to mean for the sum total. And is this just sort of like a bunch of kids that were downloading ransomware off of a hacker forum? So. Yeah, it's it's doubly tough too, right? Because Europol, not just, I, I think Europol does this, but definitely the local police do this, where innocent until proven guilty doesn't apply to the press releases for no, suspects, which it, I'm not saying that's necessarily a law or a, a rule in various countries whatsoever, but it's a lot of... Um, a, a, uh, a ransomware criminal was arrested um thursday and, and they hadn't even gotten a trial yet which yeah. is which makes it <laughs> it adds another layer but we we actually forgot about one more slightly oh. recent story oh yeah um so europol last week or it was the week before yep. two revil affiliates were arrested by romanian authorities yes. as part of operation gold dust um, which was a takedown campaign between Europol, Eurojust, uh, Interpol. They pop up in everything. And a bunch of countries across uh, Europe, uh, North America, Australia, uh, may- maybe some maybe some Asia too, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there, as part of this operation, which was to get Gandcrab, which was kind of a predecessor to Revil, so it sort of evolved into a Revil operation yep they've arrested seven people these two um 
five and then three Revil affiliates and two Grand Gan Crab affiliates. So yep. seven total. And they were arrested uh in various countries. So yep. at, at least there's a gang attached to it. Yes. Like this other one didn't even have a gang attached to it, but at least it's like, okay, Revil bad. Yeah. This is good news. Yes, <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> And and we should also mention, you know, we can debate how effective this might be. Um, but uh, and our colleague Ariel Waldman wrote a story about this for Search Security that uh, sort of uh, raises this question. But the U.S. State Department put out um, uh, an announcement that they were offering up to ten million dollars in rewards for information about the the operators behind um, Darkseid. Uh, the ransomware group that was behind the colonial pipeline attack, and also um, uh, 10 million for information on the primary members of Revil as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then lesser rewards, I think, for arrests or convictions of people, um, any affiliates, any any sort of people who had um, uh, committed ransomware attacks for, I, I believe, either group Darkseid or Revil. Um, so it seems like that the, the the collective um, law enforcement apparatus across, uh, you know, uh, a number of countries, Asia, Europe, uh, obviously North America, uh, are are trying to do something here, are trying to take, you know, tangible action against the the ransomware threat. You know, what I, what's your gut say? Do you think it's having uh, at least a small effect here? Or do you think this is just like, you know, we, we've sort of seen some of this before. These groups are just going to go dark for a month or two and then pop back up. Or do you think um, maybe there might be some progress being made here? Whenever you ask me one of these questions, the answer is definitely always who knows. But one one sort of thing that I'll call attention to is it's really difficult to glean anything from these press releases because they are press releases. True. They're made for folks like us to write about, which doesn't mean they're not worth writing about. This is a case where it's very much worth writing about ransomware arrests. Yeah. Yeah. But ransomware is a systemic issue. And so individual arrests especially when there aren't usually names attached to them. Yeah. Make it impossible to know, like, does th- how does this work in the fight against ransomware? Because I've, I've written, like, what, three, four, five different features about ransomware at this point. And then the thing that uh, folks always tell me is just that, one, people are still paying the ransoms. And two, uh, it's not really well regulated um for people to pay the ransoms right. which which that's a whole different thing but people are still paying the ransoms and so as long as that exists the arrests are great but the folks remaining in Revil would just start a different group if they wouldn't just call it Revil so it it's two sides one cool people are ale- people allegedly associated with this are getting arrested but two uh cool <laughs> <laughs> you are man you are cynical um but am i wrong though am no, i wrong you, you, you might not be wrong 
I will say though that um well well first of all I'll apologize for turning you into a bitter cynic. You're more cynical than I am these days. Um <laughs> I'm actually more positive on this. I think this may be having an effect if only because like I said, the affiliates are a dime a dozen. You're always going to have um you're always going to have like those bad actors out there who want to earn a quick buck through ransomware. Um, but if you can get to the heart of the operation and identify, charge, and apprehend the operators and make it hard for them to switch up their operations and restart them, um, make it harder for them to, I don't know, uh, to, to function, to like to contract people, to make them less trustworthy of uh, the people that they're trying to contract for an attack. Um, I think that that's something. I, I think that that is a, a positive effect. And then we should also mention we we don't have any we don't have any evidence um, about the uh, the supposed U.S. Cyber Command operation um, that went after Revil uh, earlier this year. The Washington Post, I think, was first to report that. Um, but the the disruption of of getting inside the infrastructure. And sort of, you know, the the uh, causing the 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 rats to sort of scatter within that gang, um, and and just sort of the disruption it caused and the paranoia it it potentially caused, according to, you know, threat analysts who tracked, you know, the the different hacker forum uh, chatter on the dark web, that seemed to ha- had a real impact. Um, and if you can take offensive action against. A, a ransomware gang and cause that kind of disruption and just make people unsure about the proposition of working with a dark side or a revil or um you know wondering if the the people that you're working with your affiliates are going to turn you in or something like that i don't know i i i think it's a start it's 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 a positive um mm-hmm. we'll see how successful it is in the long run like i don't i don't think anybody's going to collect the 10 million but uh, i don't know um yeah if it if it's create if it's if it's just a psychological psyops as they as they say um to sort of increase paranoia and um have these guys looking over their shoulders wondering where they can travel to wondering where when somebody's going to show up at the at their at their you know apartment in you know whatever extradition friendly country they may be residing in right now because no one wants to stay in like you don't want to stay in ukraine and russia for the rest of your life you never like, you get all that money you want to go on vacation right you want to go someplace warm i would assume yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> you're um, not wrong <laughs> one thing we should we should turn to uh here before we wrap up though alex is is just like uh, you know the question about like w- these law enforcement operations um you know, the, a lot of times Europol, Interpol, whoever will put out an announcement saying, um, you know, this this was a, a major uh, coordinated effort between, uh, you know, the public and private sectors and the uh, public or uh, uh, sorry, the law enforcement agencies at, you know, five or six different countries. And it's it's a testament to how, you know, the, the you know, cooperation is needed to um, to tackle the ransomware problem and to to fight back 
against this uh, threat. Um, and that's all well and good, but like as you noted in your Europol story, like <laughs> like you couldn't even get an answer about those twelve individuals whether they were in custody, if they had actually been arrested. The statement that the press release that Europol put out said that they, you know, authorities targeted twelve individuals, and I remember you and I were like, "What does targeted mean? What does this even mean?" Um, and the fact that you went to Europol and Europol couldn't give you an answer. Uh, yeah, they directed me to local Ukrainian police. Yeah, it, that's strange, right? Who didn't get back to me? Of course, they didn't. <laughs> right, and it, but that's a little strange, don't you think? Does that? I yeah. mean, does that speak to maybe some issues well, there? Or I think in Europol's case, they're not. They're like more than the UN, but less than an actual police force. <laughs> and they're like, because they're like, they're coordinators. Sure. Like, like yeah. first and foremost, they are law enforcement, but they're mostly coordinators. As far as I understand, they probably felt, and there was probably an active decision that they couldn't or wouldn't step on any toes in regards to jurisdiction, yeah, which may have created this sort of awkward slightly messy situation yeah i mean it was it was a, a, a like i said it was a positive development for them but it was weird that they like i i don't i guess i'm i'm not totally sure how much communication there is actually going on between an interpol a europol etc etc um but we'll see. And then there was like the, yeah. the Interpol announcement about like the Klopp ransomware um, bust that had actually been previously reported back in June mm-hmm. by U- like Ukraine. <laughs> Ukraine announced it. And Interpol was like, look at this. Uh, <laughs> this is strange. Um, but yeah, no, I think on the whole, I think we are sort of on the same page, right? It, this is a positive. Uh, yeah it's it's a good thing <laughs> but we, it, it's just like we just don't know the scope right we're such cynics um i we're we're being accurate rob we don't have to apologize for that's accuracy that's true <laughs> um I, I, last bit before we go alex uh do sure. you think that if there are more seizures like the one we saw the 6.1 million if there are more, and obviously we like law enforcement has been able to obtain information that uh, has allowed them to decrypt uh, data. They made a um, uh, sort of a uh, put a lot of attention on the fact that they were working with like different private organizations, private companies, the security vendors to develop decryptors for various um, uh, ransomware strains, like big, big ransomware strains. Uh, obviously, Revol and and others. Um, but do you think that's going to make it more likely that companies in the long term report their attacks to authorities, to the feds, to um, law enforcement agencies in other countries, and in, in hopes of retrieving that money if they do make a payment? Maybe I I don't know. No one's required to do anything as far right. as I know and businesses are going to make the best decision for themselves for is is the PR or is the PR nightmare worth the $300,000 and people might make that choice in either direction. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. I think if I'll say this, I think if anything is going to get companies to voluntarily report to law enforcement instead of making sort of covert payments, it's going to be the the chance that they can retrieve the money. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's the only thing. All this other stuff about sanctions and oh, you can't pay, or you're going to get in trouble, you're going to run afoul of the Treasury Department. I I I don't know that that's going to have much effect. That's not going to discourage a lot of folks. I don't think. I think they'll always be looking for ways to make a payment. If it's between, between that and potentially going out of business or um, being embarrassed to the point where they are going to have to close down because of incriminating stuff in a data leak or something like that, I think they're going to they're going to find a way to pay. They're going to find right. a way around those sanctions. So, I mean, retrieving yeah. the money is really the only way that you're going to convince people to to do it. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. This is this is the positive week, by the way. Yeah, this is. I mean, no, it's overall, it, it's a, it's a positive. We're not trying to um, trash this uh, too much, um, or at all, really. Uh, I, I was I was pretty happy to see that they had gotten a couple of uh, the Revol operators, and we'll see where it goes. Um, yeah, but Alex, thank you, thank you for writing about this and for uh, discussing the news with me on the podcast. Appreciate it. Thanks for assigning it, Rob. And thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime, Alex. <laughs> I'm just, of course, it's a pleasure. <laughs> yeah. And thank you to the readers and listeners of Search Security. I'm Rob Wright, and we'll see you next time. Bye.